0: If you're in a relationship with a type A, be direct. Don't waffle on about your life story just to ask them, you know, what they want to have for lunch. Type nines, give them space and time, but also check in and be like, hey, two weeks ago we talked about such and such. How are you tracking with that? Type ones, assume that they actually love you and this is a helpful thing because 99% of the time it is. And the way they show you they love you is by helping you grow grow. Welcome to The Nine Design, a podcast where we're seeking to understand how God has uniquely designed us and explore the ways in which we live that out. I'm Seth, a creative, and I'm from Adelaide.
1: And I'm Serena, a coach, and I live in Melbourne, and we're excited to have you join us for The Nine Design.
0: So if you haven't worked it out yet, this whole season is about the body centre, and This episode, we get to hone in specifically around relationships with people in the body center. We're going to share some insights and tips that we've found, but we're also going to draw on the wisdom of those who we've just been listening to in the panels of the eight, nines and ones.
1: Yeah, it was such a helpful time when we got to ask them about things that they were drawn to in other people, that they're mm. in relationships with, tips for those in relationship with them, all in this episode. So we, we hope you really enjoyed it. It's really rich learning. So, when we got these panels together, we were really curious about how these guys function in relationships and what sort of tips or advice they would give us.
0: And we wanted to know what sort of qualities they like or they see in other people that they're drawn to.
1: So, we're going to start with type eight. In the Enneagram world, it's notorious that you just start with type eight. You know, you, you start type eight, nine, one, you end with mm. seven. Uh, so, type eights actually continue to listen to the rest of our episodes and to the rest of the types, basically. <laughs> And that leads me into the gifts of the type eight. They bring a lot into relationships. And the people I'm in relationship with who are type eights are just some of the most quality people that I know. And they bring so much into my life in different areas.
0: Yeah, they love to empower the people they love as well. When when you're in a Mm. relationship with them, you you feel like you're adding to something. And they have to be the best at recognising conflict or leaning into conflict. Mm. Um, They won't sweep things under the rug. They they deal with things that need to be dealt with. And in a relationship, this is really important Mm -hmm. because if we just keep sweeping things under the rug, it's going to build up and explode. So Mm. eights are really helpful in that.
1: Oh, totally. And that just instils a lot of confidence in the relationship. You know, if someone's willing to deal with conflict, Talk about things, communicate openly. Then I know for me and my personality that just helps me to know where I stand with them, to know that they're not hiding something from me, and that you know they're being completely open and upfront about where they're at. I don't have to try and dig or guess or you know try and come up with a solution in my own mind. But it's just really helpful.
0: You know exactly kind of what they're thinking, and 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 because they're highly intuitive, Mm -hmm. they can feel if something isn't quite. Right. And so they're, they're happy to kind of poke it a little bit. And sometimes you can be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa don't do that, but it often is needed. Mm. And so they're highly intuitive. and like we've said many times, they're they're direct mm. in their communication. Mm. What you see is what you get, and that makes it really easy to read in many ways. They're also really able to balance courage and strength with a gentleness and a humble heart. Mm. So when eights are at their best, they are the most safe people to be around Mm. because they do have this power, they do have this strength Mm. and this courageous heart to to see things change and when they're at their best they do it in a very gentle way where they're not promoting themselves mm. but they they're noticing those who aren't mm. getting seen and that's mm. a beautiful
1: Absolutely way. and just reminds me of their generosity they can be really generous with their uh spirit you know and and their their power so and that links to their gift of mercy so they have like a gift of mercy towards the vulnerable and the innocent and Their generosity and their power and and giving Mm. strength away to those who need it uh, is is a really beautiful
0: Mm. gift as well. They're also generous with space. Mm. So usually type 8s, again, when they're at their best, they're not micromanagers. They give plenty of space for their partner to be independent and to make their own kind of ideas and Mm. assumptions and they kind of get along right there beside them. And as always, they are ready to protect Both, both from physical harm or emotional harm. They give that space, but they also walk alongside to care for you if you're mm. their friend. So there's so much that AIDS bring to a relationship. Mm-hmm. And like we've said in the seasons past and many times this season, we are so thankful for what the AIDS bring Absolutely. to the table. Absolutely.
1: So, the questions for type eight, nine, and one were both the same, but their answers were vastly different. And I think you'll find this a fascinating listen.
0: So, Anton starts off this conversation and then the others just jump right in there being types eight. So, let's have a listen to them. Yes,
1: yeah, so we want to ask the question of you, type eights What qualities do you see in others that you were drawn to? And what are some tips for people in relationship with you?
2: Here's my tip just do what we say. Yes, sir. No. <laughs> do what we say; we'll it be friends, all right. <laughs> Someone
1: had to say that today. <laughs> just
2: do it. <laughs> Don't ask heaps of questions. Just do good. what we t- say is good. Taking notes. <laughs> <Yeah. that's> good. <laughs> and we'll all get along well. Any other tips? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that could be true, but
2: I was thinking about people like that. I'm drawn to. I thought I like to see compassion and empathy and perseverance and creativity. I like to see those things in other people. I like yeah. people who are list people That's because good. I'm not a list person. So I like to have them in my space, you know. I see the value in in having those people around you who aren't like you. That's uh, a huge help in life. And uh, I guess it's a huge help in moving forward and <laughs> <in> having progress. <laughs> but um, they're the kind of yeah. things that came to mind for me.
4: Um, something that I... Uh, would find very helpful uh, and my wife has certainly found helpful uh, to learn over the years is um the ability to be like confrontational and like direct and like do conflict with people is actually like really valuable and I like really connect not in like a socio or psychopathic kind of way but like I really connect uh, with people that like I know can do that journey with me um As opposed to maybe who are like conflict avoidant or like beat around the bush, like that mm. to me is like it just fills my buckets, and then uh another thing as well, maybe more on the joking side, uh like antons from before, but but also helpful, just brevity and like details, like let's just <laughs> cut to the mustard <laughs> let's, let's get out what we're trying. To- <laughs> um and so yeah that's been that's been a fun journey um but geez louise i love it uh so
5: yeah um yeah totally agree with that i think one of the biggest values i have in relationship is authenticity and it's kind of coming back to that like i don't want to have to guess what's going on with you and your head and you know i'm a truth teller and so what you see and hear is what you'll get and i don't love guessing and i think Mm. um i really respect it when people are truth tellers back to me and and as you kind of said serena like we're we're not afraid if you kind of tell us that you're upset Mm -hmm. with us or something happened we'll be like okay yep let's work through this and then we move on Um, whereas in if that doesn't happen i can kind of feel like it's a bit of a manipulative space Mm. if i'm having to kind of try and wade my way through your passive aggressiveness or you know hints that i'm not picking up on um don't love that and, and i think one of my favorite mantras from brene brown is clear is kind so you know how are we showing kindness through being clear and i feel like eights we do that as a default <laughs> We're clear whether you want us to be or not. Um, but we will rejoice when you are clear back with us. Like, it's it's a good mm. thing. The other thing, big thing for me is boundaries. And as you said before, you know, eights have generally very strong boundaries. Yeah. And I communicate my boundaries. Um, and so you will absolutely know those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And when people don't respect them or they cross them, for me, that is an erosion of yeah. trust. And so... Um, I think it's just having an understanding that if you've kind of crossed a boundary with an eight and they've constantly kind of told you, or how to say, yeah, don't do that. Um, that can be really hard for us yeah. to then mm-hmm. be vulnerable with you again, or to be open mm-hmm. or to want to hang out mm-hmm. with you. So that I think are my two biggest ones and mm-hmm. wow. I'm married to a five and love being married to a five, except for the detailed part, Jax. Oh, my God, like the amount of lectures I listen to that go like an hour monologue about trees. Probably in the other room being like, what's she saying? Yeah, like, whoa, too much. Um, But really good with boundaries, really respectful of boundaries. But also very mm. calm energy mm. to be around, very thoughtful and considered. Mm. And I think the other thing I really appreciate is probably not really put off by our intensity. Mm. I don't know if they actually feel it. <laughs> and so yeah, um, they will just keep chatting yeah. through things, and any other number might have gone running. So, you know, I think <laughs> that's, that's a helpful number to be married to, yeah. at least. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One of the things that really jumped out and resonated with me is when Dash was talking about that bit of vulnerability that was in there. She said, stick with me even when I'm being intense. Mm. I think that's really important for us Mm. to recognize. Uh, There is that vulnerability there. They need, they want us to walk Mm. with them. And so if you're in a relationship with type eights, keep that in mind. They will, there will be this (laughs) intenseness. They recognize (laughs) it. Stick with them.
1: Yeah, I also heard when Anton was talking about, you know, I like to gather people around me. I heard that there's this desire to grow in capacity and, and that's such a type eight thing. They like expanding. Mm. Expansion is such a type eight mm. word. You know, if they can expand their power, the, the more the better. So yeah. othering people who can sort of feel those cracks in their weak areas actually gives them a greater capacity to expand. And so, yeah, I heard that and Mm. that was fascinating for me.
0: And each of them mentioned that they appreciate direct and clear communication. This shouldn't come as a surprise, Mm. but this also applies when they're being confronted. they actually all articulated they want people to be direct Mm. to them and and speak straight to them because then they can actually assess the situation quickly and be able to move to a solution. It's not an offensive Mm. thing. So I think mm, that's really important mm, to remember. Absolutely.
1: And the image that came to mind as they were sharing their insights was just that the- Jesus is both a lion and the lamb. And I think type 8s mm. just capture that. They embody the lion and the lamb, that power and innocence. Yeah, Images that are in opposition seemingly. But I feel like within Jesus, they are... Beautifully complemented and embodied but also type eights carry that image of god in the way that they function
0: so if you're in a relationship with an eight mm. i hope you find this helpful and i hope you can see some of the tensions that they're wrestling with yeah. and be able to love them well All right, let's talk about type nines and what gifts they bring to a relationship and maybe some tips around how to be in a relationship with a type nine. So we really appreciate type nines because they bring peace Mm -hmm. and calm into a relationship. Type nines are known for uh, not causing ripples, causing conflict, causing any sort of disharmony within their relationships. In fact, they are wired to make sure that doesn't happen. So what that does, not only does it bring calm and peace, but it also means they actually want to listen. They want to hear where you're yeah. at and they want they want to know what's going mm. on. So in general, nines are really good listeners.
1: Mm, absolutely. And I find that with my type nine friends, they, they give this gift of non-judgmental presence. Like they will listen. Mm. So when they're listening, they create this safe container of non-judgment. Mm-hmm. I never feel judged by my type nine friends. Like I will often feel that they understand me, that they uh, mm-hmm. are present to me in that moment. They're not distracted, but they are, yeah. they are present and they're non- not judging. And it's just such a gift. Yeah, Yeah,
0: which makes them like very warm, very approachable, very easy to get along with. And I think this is partly because not only are they good listeners, they're actually noticing all these different points of view. They understand it, not just hearing, but they actually take it on board and they say, yeah, I I could totally see why you Mm. do that. You know, they're really good at stepping in someone else's shoes.
1: And I think that's because they bring this togetherness into the relationship. You know, they want to be with you, hence why they understand multiple points of view, because they want to be able to understand so they can connect And so they can journey alongside you and be together with you. And that's why they can struggle with things like merging. But they Mm. they do bring that togetherness into a relationship. They're also super reliable. They they don't often flake out on me at the last minute. Mm. They're very empathetic. So, you know, they they have a gift in empathy and are said to be the most empathetic on the Enneagram. And that's because they do see a lot of multiple points of view and different perspectives on things. Yeah,
0: which is super important. And when a nine is doing well, when they're at their healthiest, they're, they're content, they're even keeled, they're not freaking out about all sorts of stuff. In fact, more often than not, they seem kind of like their emotions are more of a plateau than it is a roller coaster. They just seem pretty steady. And, and I think that's because they also have this ability to adapt yes. um, to unexpected circumstances. They're not gonna freak out about a slight change mm. in general. They are naturally supportive. They're naturally good encouragers, great listeners as we've said. So we are very thankful for nines and we got to sit, mm. as you've heard, with the panel of three nines and we got to ask them the same questions we asked the type eights. And here's what they had to say as nines what are your tips for others who are in a relationship with you what sort of qualities
3: do you see in others that you're drawn to as a nine we talked a little bit about affirmation before and i would echo what was said like it's really helpful to be affirmed in our opinions when as a Type Nine, when we put them out there, um, if they get discarded or not recognised, it's really hard to then uh, build up the strength to put them out there again. Sometimes, so I think if um, yeah, if, if those can be affirmed and acknowledged, um, they don't have to be you know agreed with, but um, certainly affirmed would be helpful. And the other thing I would say were, would be to. Um, when people can help me remember myself, like that speaks so powerfully. Um, to to go to know to know a little bit about who I am, to know that maybe I am uh, being flexible and not doing the thing that I would want to be doing, and to go, hey, you need a you need to make your opinion known here. We want to do what you want to do. Mm. Like that is. Um, yeah, if there was another love language um, to the five love <laughs> languages, I think that one is it. That's really helpful.
6: In the in the trivial things that we've talked about, I, I reckon every so often just say to them, you know, whatever food you want to eat or thing you want to do this weekend, uh, we'll do. Rather than asking what do you want to do and I'll give and then give your own opinion and then because then that creates disagreement. That's not what we want. And so just to every so often say like whatever you want. Right. We can do that. I as
0: in, that as in planning awesome. ahead and being something like, hey, this weekend, just be aware we're going to do what you want to do this weekend. Yeah. Kind of give that you would be, time.
6: That would be amazing. Yeah, some time to think, what do okay. I want to do? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think That's that would good. be good. I'm taking at, notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I think when, when we say I don't mind or I don't care or whatever you want um, or I don't know what I want, Sometimes just leave leave it and don't push it too much. I know that's a hard thing to, sometimes you want to be brought out. We know, we want to know your opinion. We want to know what you want. But at the same time, if there's too much pressure to put on me of um, when, I, when I genuinely don't mind, I don't want to be pressured to come up with an opinion, if that makes sense. definitely does. I was also going to, yeah, add another thing. I'm not actually sure if this is a type nine thing, so I just wanted to check, but I've I've been reflecting recently on how much I kind of live in the past and, and look backwards. I think, Serena, you might have pointed this out to me when we chatted a while ago. Um,
1: it's a type nine thing, yeah, they're past-oriented, yeah.
6: Yeah, and I think um, often just thinking about, mistakes i've made or things that i want would change or going over conversations that i've had in the Mm -hmm. past um which just is just not helpful (laughs) and it's not a good mindset to be in it to to be consumed by what has happened in the past Mm -hmm. of course we can learn from mistakes and we can learn from things that that we did Mm -hmm. wrong um but i think i'd find it helpful for others in relationship with me to really just help me look forward and point forward and and not um Get stuck in in the past, I guess. So to, to really, um, yeah, listen if if I need to vent about something that I've that has happened. But just to say, like it's okay, you know, we're we're moving forward and and mm-hmm. we can learn from this. Or um, it it's not going to change. We can't change it. So I think I just need to be reminded of that a
3: lot. That this is interesting to hear. I definitely agree with what Brady was saying. As parents, I have obviously wanted to model. Um, feeling emotions and that feeling emotions is good um, the behaviour that comes out of some emotions uh, can be unhelpful but um, I have often you know, wouldn't share my emotions out loud but as, um, as a parent I'm trying to do that more like I am feeling frustrated right now I am feeling um, excited right now um, so that they can help recognise that and I think that's probably been helpful for me in those moments too so that's good to know
0: Des, I'd love to hear from you just around the relationships and the tips. You said that you've been married for a while, you've got grandkids, like you've you've had a lot of experience in this. Uh,
7: What's some wisdom from you? Um, One of the things that my kids chide me about is the length of time I take to make a decision in a conversation. And so... I, I really encourage patience on the part of people who have to listen to us mm-hmm. as we as we walk through, work through our decision making process. But my kids just sort of you know they uh, make all these gestures and comments because I have these long pauses. I'll start <laughs> I'll start along a track and then I'll just pause and you know I've got to think it through and uh, you know. Uh, I know it's frustrating for them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so patience—that's that's a big one.
7: Patience. Okay. Uh, and another thing is, um, if you ask us to do something, it's very important in the way that we get asked to do something, because I, I find you know if I'm if I'm loaded with, with expectations or pressure, that really sort of I, I balk at that. But if um, if I'm asked to do something. I guess you'd say in a gentle way, you know, without the, you know, would you mind? Could you think about that sort of thing? Mm. Um, Yeah. But if it's, if it's direct pressured, you know, I need this now. um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, that's really, that's helpful. I'm definitely remembering all of this stuff. (laughs) Um, I I do have a a question that's kind of related, but it, Uh, it's on the other side and this is to everyone what are the qualities that you see in other people other personalities that you're actually drawn to not the sort of thing that you're like oh I wish I was like that necessarily but it's like I I get along really well with with this type of a person so Des you mentioned just that more of a gentle approach to life as opposed to like an aggressive way but what are some of the qualities that you're drawn to in other people
6: I've heard that um type nines are drawn towards type eights because they're decisive. <laughs> and um, I think that's true. And I've realized one of my best friends is a type eight, and I love hanging out with her because she will just she'll just take us anywhere and do whatever. She'll make the decisions. And I'm like, great, I don't have to make I don't have to yeah, make any decisions here. So I I'm drawn to that. And at the same time, I guess um, other people who are pretty relaxed and chilled which are probably type nines (laughs) um other yeah just where where they're easygoing people
3: (laughs) yeah i I would say the same thing whether it's um yeah going out for for dinner and drinks with friends from work i really appreciate being around the people who are really decisive because it means i can sit back and enjoy myself Um, i know i'm gonna be uh, flexible with what's happening and also i know that i can make peace out of that as well. So if we go to a place and it's and it's bad, like I'm not going to make them feel bad about that choice either. So I feel like that's all within my control and I, yeah, I definitely look for people who are um, decisive in that
7: same sort of way, I reckon. I've got a son who's a risk taker and entrepreneurial and uh, he frightens me a bit, but uh, <laughs> I, I do really a- admire that aspect of his character but like Brighty, i'm if i want to hang out i like to hang out with people who are peaceful people
0: it's so good hearing Nine speak up and articulate things like this i found that really helpful
1: yeah it's so good i, I think You know, something that stood out to me in that, you know, they don't like to be pushed and pressured in relationships. That's something to take note of. Mm. Because their false self is exaggerating their desire to maintain peace, then, you know, if people are pressuring them or pushing them to make decisions or process quickly uh, or move faster than they are willing to go, then that's going to create a lot of tension and internal Mm. conflict for the nine. Mm. And then they may retreat or withdraw Uh, when that happens. So keep an eye out for that uh, and try and keep the the pressure um, to a minimum if possible.
0: Yeah, and and there's a difference between being pushy and decisive. In fact, it sounded like Mm. Joel and Bridie both talked about how They like being around people who who are direct. They are Mm. making decisions, but not in a pushy way. So Mm. I think that's really important. If you're in a relationship with a nine, it's okay to make decisions. And this is because a lot of nines can feel paralyzed when they have to make a decision because the decision might be offensive to someone or might be cutting someone off from something they wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. uh, they'll often just kind of not want to they'll struggle with making a a decision. So that's a helpful tip, Mm -hmm, to be decisive mm -hmm. but not pushy. Mm,
1: Absolutely. And as you mentioned, give them time. You know, one of those things of – uh, that Bridie was saying, if, if her husband gives her the whole weekend to, to plan, but tells her the night before, mm. then that's really, that feels like pressure and stress for a type nine. And so her helpful tip of, you know, giving her the time to process. So telling her two weeks out to plan that weekend is helpful for her, it gives her the autonomy, mm-hmm. but it also gives her the time to process without any pressure. Processing can be super difficult for type nines because they are past oriented. You heard some of that in what our panelists were saying you're in a relationship with type nines to help them process things events in a timely manner get them to process it as close to the event happening as you possibly can even if it's just write down something you felt this Mm -hmm. is something i sometimes do with my clients uh if they've you know experienced something that was painful uh i I like to say to them can you i just identify uh one emotion you felt Mm -hmm. one emotion
8: That's good.
1: And write it down and then go back to it, you know, when you have time. So mm-hmm. if you need some time, take two weeks, a month, but then go back to it. Make sure you go back to it and you then commit to processing that, that feeling because it can be easily explained away. It can be easily dismissed with type nines and they can just Uh, because they see all these points of view, they just sort of dismiss it and go, oh, it's probably because they felt that way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But then what they're doing is actually suppressing their own pain, their own hurt over and over and over Mm -hmm. again, and that pain and hurt actually comes out Mm. in ways in the present. So, yeah, yeah, that's a really
0: helpful tip. So what would be really helpful if you're in a relationship and you see that happening, Mm. um, yes, give time, give space, but also be willing to maybe have the conversations that nines won't naturally bring up. So to Mm. be able to ask, I noticed this, how are you now feeling? um, So that kind of gently pressing in without stepping on them. Mm. That's that's really important. Mm. So if you are a nine uh, or if you're in a relationship with nines, I hope this has been really helpful to recognize some of these things. Mm. We love nines. I have a particularly uh, fond uh, love for nines, being married to one. You guys are so important in in who we are as humans. Mm, mm. You guys just have this great way of reflecting the peace Mm. and the understanding and unity Mm. that we see in Jesus, always wanting to unite things and Mm. and draw back. So we're so thankful for you guys. Let's talk about type 1s and specifically type 1s in a relationship. Mm. What gifts do they bring to a relationship? Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that they are so committed to working on whatever relationship they're in. Mm. They don't do anything sort of half-hearted. If they're in a relationship with you, they, they will make sure it's being improved and mm. worked on, and mm. I love that mm. because one of the best ways that they love people and relationships is Is by improving, by noticing ways they can grow and to become better of what it is. So that's a really, really strong gift that Mm. ones bring to a relationship.
1: Mm. And what we heard our panelists say, which you'll hear a little further on, it's that they want the best for those they love. Uh, And, you know, they're actually striving for the best and they want their relationship to be good, whole uh, and moving in the right direction. So it's really, really good. And, and type ones are super reliable and responsible in their relationships. You know, you can rely on them. They will be responsible. They'll show up. And just even the act of showing up is is really important for any relationship. So they do that well.
0: And ones are, are very protective in their relationships. They, they want to make sure that the people that they love, whether it's their children or a spouse or close friends, that they're, they're looked after and that it's done the right way. So they're diligent in the fact that, you know, if if something needs to be, you know, if the food is not good for someone, they'll make sure that that food isn't around them and they'll mm. like, they really care about the people and they mm. do it in lots of outward ways mm. as well, which mm. is really good. So one of the beautiful things that ones bring is they're very open and honest with how they're talking. Mm. So similar to an eight, mm. you kind of know what, it, what a one is thinking usually mm. because they'll they'll let you know if it's something that needs to be discussed or worked through ones are very quick to acknowledge and to be open mm. and when they're, when they're doing well and they're healthy they are super honest about their brokenness and their needs yeah. and they'll highlight that which is really good
1: so they've got a consistency to want to do right by the people they're yeah. in relationship with so you know they, they're not going to flip-flop they're gonna be mm-hmm. consistent they're going to be um, making sure that what they what's motivating them is right and from a good place, and mm-hmm. that they're doing the right thing by them. so mm. that, that's a really helpful thing in relationships as well.
0: Yeah and, and ones have this ability of caring with for people outside of their intimate group as well mm. like they connect and they care with their, their community, the broader group because they know that they've got this moral compass of of what is needed to be done in a certain situation. Yeah. And it doesn't just affect me and my people. Yeah. It affects the whole community. Mm. And so that's a really beautiful thing. And mm. so if you're in a relationship with type ones, keep those things in mind. Now, mm. we're going to hear from the panel. We had Ez, Sim and Tina talking about some of the, the tips that they've got Uh, as well as the questions that we posed and Mm. so let's just hear what they have to say
6: Mm.
9: the first tip that jumps to mind is probably not as much for close friends because they they should know this but (laughs) we're a lot more fun than what our description says or i am um maybe because i go to my seven quite a bit but i'm fun i really enjoy letting my hair down going on adventures and having like nothing gives me as much life as just having a good laugh with friends (laughs) and yeah doing something silly yeah so i i would say that's a tip but maybe not for close friends Uh, i mean you know the obvious one would be that we are hard on you but it's because It's because we love you and we want the best for Mm. you. Um, It's not because we think we know better or we think we have it all sorted. It's because, yeah, we have a critic or we have experience or we have something telling us to give feedback or input hardly ever to put people down. Mm -hmm. It usually is to bring the best out of others, too. Maybe not always, maybe that's wrong, but, and that was the critic. Did you hear it?
2: Yep. (laughs) Hi. That's good. What about others? Yeah, I agree with what Ez just said. Um, It's it's probably hard for others to believe that when you've noticed something that could be better, that you're not just having a go. It's simply Mm. going, we could do this a bit better, you know, and we could all benefit from that. It's not having a personal jab. I find that even though I see imperfections, if someone does compliment me or be encouraging rather than drawing out um, or pointing to the imperfections, I step it up even more to have someone else adding to the criticisms. I think I've already noticed that I already know that the bad stuff's there. I don't need someone to emphasize it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's rarely that someone will come up with a criticism That i haven't already seen for that reason um yeah the encouragement goes a long way in helping to deal with that criticism
9: sim just quickly on that one do you find that you can Mm. hear encouragement better from someone else if you've heard them vocalize a criticism as well or can they just come to you with an encouraging word because i feel like if someone can't tell can't see the things wrong and encourage then it's fake. It's fake. Like, what are you yeah. saying? But I'm wondering, wow. I'm curious about your experience. Yeah. In-
2: Pro- probably a mix of the two. It depends on who it's coming from. Yeah, it's almost like someone's got to have enough cred with you before you believe them. <laughs> mm. uh, otherwise, you think, I, I don't know whether I can believe that um, positive comment. So, That's yes, I, I agree with you, but I think it's it's a mix of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I think it's more helpful to be focusing on the positive, the uplifting, the mm. achievements, what's, what's going ahead well, because I feel I dwell in the other space too much.
8: Yeah. Yeah, I think um, if, if I wanted people in my life to know anything about me that I find very difficult to express is to appreciate what I do. I loved that when, um, say, if I've got this really neat, clean, tidy house, that, you know, my family recognised that, Right. I grew up, never been able to measure up, never been able to do good enough. And so I already have those messages in yeah. my head, but actually having someone say, well, I really appreciate what a, what a wonderful house you keep, mm. or I really love the way you did that workbook for us. That workbook is, is just exemplary. I love that there's such a high standard of work. I really appreciate that. Rather than saying, oh God, you took long, too long on that. Or, you know, they always find a way to come at me with my level of expectation and standard that that I find very difficult to lower. Um, so if you if you're in a relationship with me, just yeah appreciate because I find that difficult to appreciate. Yeah. So you're helping me to see the good side. Like Simeon was saying, yes. like the ninety six percent that I got right, rather than the four percent that I got yeah. wrong. It's good. So my husband always wants to help me to. Um, He's nine with a one wing, I'm sure, because he's always pointing out the four percent as well. So between the two of us, <laughs> uh, we need a seven in our relationship. We need to marry like another of- <laughs> balance. Wow, out. that's a
0: different podcast. So we're <laughs> not doing that one on here. <laughs>
8: yeah, yeah, oh, awesome. uh,
0: So one of the things that really jumped out in the in the episode, if you listen to it, and just in what they were saying there was that there's this desire that just keeps bubbling up. All three of them had this desire for those who are in a relationship with ones to recognize that their critiques and their criticisms and the, the need to reform things are actually coming from a place of mm. love, not harm. Yeah. They want to help. They don't want mm-hmm. to harm. And that the asking, saying, look, please believe the best in us, mm. even if we don't believe it mm. in ourselves. And I think that's really important. If you're in a relationship with a with a Type One, recognize that most of what they're saying, critiques, are actually very loving. Mm. They might, if, if you might not be hearing it in a loving tone, but give them the benefit of the mm. doubt because they they have the best in mind
1: i also heard the the internal struggle actually in what they said about their perfecting standards you know like there was this internal right. struggle of like oh, like i i see what needs to be fixed or changed or improved and i i can't it's always it's this compulsion to do it um but it, there's this internal battle going on within of like oh I, I do but i i don't want it to come across in a bad way i want you to hear it from a place of encouragement i want you to encourage my high standards and that you know mm-hmm. these expectations aren't a bad thing but uh, they can be good if you just could see it the way I see it you know so there was this internal conflict to them yeah. and I was really appreciative of how honest these guys were in sharing that because it, it mm-hmm. takes courage to yeah. share some of that stuff it's important that when tight ones are open with you in your relationship to hold a judgment-free space for them you know, like yeah. Tina shared beautifully of like, you know, help me see the 96% I got right rather than f- the 4% I got wrong. You know, Sim br- mm-hmm. said bring encouragement. So yeah. if we can just hold that space and make it encouraging, uh, that goes a long way with type ones.
0: Yeah. And so if you are in a relationship, recognize that they actually are wanting another perspective. They need that balance and, and they're longing for it. Just because a one might confidently say one point of view and they might really hold to it if you can share another point of view Mm. they actually want that Mm. because they they do want to see the best in the situation and they're happy to say this is the obvious choice that makes sense in Mm -hmm. my head Uh, what do Mm. you think and i think that openness this need for balance is something that's really important Mm so again similar to the eights uh it's okay to gently confront and say what do you think about this or or have you thought of it from this point mm. of view? And ones tend to react well mm. to that because they, they are thinking very clearly. They've got a great, quick mind mm. to think mm. that
1: stuff. Yeah, them. absolutely. couldn't help but notice in all three of our panels, when we're talking about relationships, it's so important to balance out the head and the heart into the body centre. Yes. You know, for, for everyone in the body centre and everyone in relationship with people in the body centre, encourage them to balance these things out.
0: Okay. Well, could you, could you unpack that a little Mm. bit? Uh, What do you mean when you say that?
1: Yeah. All of us in different, in the different centers of intelligence will struggle with either, you know, our, our primary center of functioning. So say for me, it's head center, and then we'll have a secondary center of functioning. So, you know, and then we can get stuck in a loop of that. So for me, it's head heart and my body is kind of suppressed, I don't often listen to my gut instinct. I don't, you know, the work for me is to invite my intuition to the table, to invite my inner knowing to the table and trust it. Cause I don't, I don't trust it. I don't even know what it feels like. You know, it's like, I feel so disconnected from my body sometimes that I'm like, Oh, it just is so not a part of me, even though it is of course. Uh, But yeah, this is what I mean by that. And, for the body center, they will either get stuck in a body head loop or a body heart loop. And for our listeners, it's really helpful for you to identify which loop that you could be in. You know, when I feel Mm. that intuitive gut instinct and that immediate uh, compulsion to act, where do I go next? Do I then go to my mind and start thinking about what do I need to do to make that action happen? Or do I then go to my emotions and feel like, well, if I do that, how am I going to feel about that? Or how does somebody else feel about that? Ask yourself these questions if you're in the body center and try and invite that repressed voice to the table when you're making decisions and just see what happens because I can think it'd be really really helpful for you to do that.
0: For us to break that loop, are there any like habits or practices or anything that can kind of short circuit that that is that we catch mm. ourselves in with, oh, I'm going mm. there again. What what can you do? Yeah,
1: there's some things that you can put into practice that will help bring this repressed center online. So, you know, for me, if it's, if my body center is repressed, then I need to sort of do things that will get me in touch with my body. So exercise is a really good uh, practice for me. And it just helps me to kind of get more in tune, listen to my body, understand that, you know, when I have a sore back and neck, that's actually a stress response. And that's my body trying to tell me you're in a stressed out space. So a transformative practice is to listen to my body. So for body center types, listening to their emotions and their thoughts, depending on which ones are suppressed. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if your head is repressed, start building into that space, start kind of Listening to maybe podcasts, reading books, if that's not a natural thing for you, uh, taking notes, sort of writing down your thoughts, what you think about that book or that podcast or that article you read or whatever it is, uh, forming arguments, forming ways of understanding in that. for If your heart is repressed, then there's some habits that you can do to to bridge that gap. So, you know, sometimes figuring out what am I actually even feeling right now? Uh, if that's numb well I need to probably do something about that mm. do some feelings identification exercises uh, if you want to learn more about that shameless plug you can contact me and you have a coaching <laughs> session uh, for all of these transformative <laughs> no. habits but no, um, do yeah, there it are get many coaching guys <laughs> come on
0: get on it Hopefully that was helpful. Um, There was a lot in there. So please listen to it a second time if you miss something. But uh, I thought maybe I could try and sum up at least one takeaway for each of those. These won't be the best tip, but this is a tip that we found helpful. And so one of the best things to remember if you're in a relationship with a type 8 is be direct in your communication. The straight up Tell me exactly what's going on. Um, Don't waffle on about your life story just to ask them, you know, what they want to have for lunch. Um, Just get straight there, ask the question. They love that. They feel loved when you're being that because that seems to be more authentic. You're not adding a bunch of fluff to it. Mm. Remember that. Uh, Type nines, give them space. Give them time. Be patient with them when they're trying to process stuff. Don't force them or be pushy, Mm. but also follow up because type nines can tend to lose themselves in some thoughts and then never come those feelings never come back but they're kind Mm. of carrying them without realizing so give them space and time but also check in and be like hey two weeks ago we talked about such and such how are you tracking with that Mm. I think that's really important when you're in a relationship type ones really really helpful thing to remember is assume they have good intentions behind their words, right? Mm. If they're highlighting something that needs to be fixed or something we can do better, assume that they actually love you and this is a helpful thing because 99% of the time it is. They Mm. actually wanna see you do well. And if you're in a relationship with a type one, they love you. And the way they show you they love you is by helping you grow. They wanna see things grow. They wanna see you improve. Not because they think you're a failure, but because they know that there's a way forward. And so give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they have the best in, in mind when they're talking like that. Mm. Now, we've probably raised a bunch more questions if you're in a relationship with someone in the body center. And the good news is next episode, we have a Q&R, question and response time. Brian's going to be joining us. Who is a type eight? And we're going to be covering a bunch of questions that you guys have sent through. So hopefully we'll be able to respond to some of the things that are are cropping up. Also, don't forget we have our own coach right here wanting to help. She has a great desire to see you guys grow. So if you have questions, ask Serena, she's a coach.
8: (laughs) Yeah,
1: if you wanna know more about transformational habits and how to integrate them in your life, no matter what type you are, then coaching can help you find your type and walk you through the process of self-discovery and new habit formation with the support and objectivity of a trained coach. Book in a 30-minute free discovery call with me today by visiting our website at theninedesign.com. Also, while you're on our website, check out our new merch. We are super excited about the new t-shirt range that we've just launched this season. It's a little bit of a fun one aimed at animals mm-hmm. that best embody that we think you know creative license <laughs> best embody each type so check that out It'd be a great gift for people for christmas if you mm-hmm. order now and it would be a great gift and embrace your inner ennia animal
5: <laughs> <laughs> that's enough,
0: mouthful inner ennia man animal man, man. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. I hope you find it helpful. If you do, please subscribe, share with your friends, follow us on social media and leave reviews because that actually helps more people find us. So thank you so much for following along. And remember, you were designed to reflect the original.